Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to another Spartan 160 EN podcast. This is podcast number 53, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, podcast number 53. Coming off a disappointing loss, coming off a chaotic transfer uh, deadline day. Uh, and we got a lot to talk about. So uh, let's get straight into the panel, starting off with uh, Christian. How you doing, bro? Uh, I am pretty rattled, <laughs> confused, I would say, are the two main adjectives I'd describe how I'm feeling right now. I don't really know what to expect going forward, but uh, if this was a reality TV show, we'd be getting pretty good ratings. Everything's going to plan. Sack the coach. Signed a disciplinary issue rapper. Should be an eventful season. Um, probably not quality football, but should be eventful. Facts. Facts. If we don't have some crazy chants in the in the stands from these singers that we just signed, <laughs> uh, I'm disappointed in our, in my in ourselves. Uh, anyways, also joined by Nando. Nando, how you doing, bro? I am. Sh- you, you know what? I'm not even shocked anymore. Uh, Christian just said that he was shocked or surprised. I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised. I'm not shocked. Hey, exactly according to plan. Hey, it's exactly according to plan. This is what we're used to, guys. This is normal. You know, we 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 played a complete embarrassment against Riwaf. We'll talk about that in a minute. We lost. Great. We sacked our coach. Fantastic. That's nice. Four um, games into the season, mind you. Yeah. And, um, and hey, and my favorite part that I can't wait to talk about is we've got all the, the, the normal pundits coming out. Otavio Machado, Madrid Rodriguez, Fernando Mendes. Everybody's excited. Hey, man, this is the whole family's here. I can't wait to talk about it. <laughs> yeah. And last but not least, also joined by Patrick. Patrick, how are you doing, man? I'm good. Yeah. First appearance of the season for me on on the podcast but you know as as you may uh know the this club that we support is giving giving me a few sleepless nights so thought i'd join in uh, uh this one time at 2 a.m now almost in, yeah. in the uk so yeah um lots to talk about though obviously and uh, i'm here to give my opinion on things uh, in what is undoubtedly uh rightly or wrongly an interesting time to to be a supporter for the club yeah without a doubt uh anyways let's just jump right into the uh Riwav game where Spartan lost two to three at home uh from three penalties uh awarded to Riwav. our starting 11 was as followed we had Renan Ribeiro in net uh Max Jacuinha, Mathieu, Kouach and Thierry Correa in defense uh, Dumbia, Wendell, and Bruno Fernandes in the midfield with Vieto, Rafinha, and uh, Luis Philippe up top with substitutions of um, Gonzalo Plata towards the 90th minute and uh, Christian Borja in the 80th minute. Um, Christian, I'll start it off with you, dude. What, what were your thoughts on the game? Uh, I thought the game was pretty overwhelming or underwhelming overall. Riwav really wasn't creating too many chances. Uh, you know, they... they Outside of the penalty in the first half, they really didn't create too much of concern for us. Uh, we played better in the latter part of the first half. Um, tied the game up. Had a couple uh, half chances. Scored a second, but Wendell was offside. Um, so, I mean, we were 
we we were clearly the better team in the first half, but the first twenty minutes are pretty pretty poor from both sides. Then in the second half, um, I thought there were some okay moments as well. We it was kind of after we scored the second goal and took the lead about ten minutes into the second half, we kind of got into a snooze fest again. And it just seemed dangerous because, you know, all, all a team like that needs is one chance off the counter. And if we're not putting them away with a third goal, we're just leaving the door open for them. So it just it felt like we were far too comfortable. So the fact that we conceded two penalties inside the last 10 minutes and Acuna hit the post from four yards out on an open net, essentially, just disastrous ending. Kawats overall, you don't really see too many players commit three PKs and get sent off in the same game. So that's you know, probably going to go down as one of the worst performances uh, for a sporting defender this season. And uh, yeah, and then shortly after that, the front office went into panic mode. I'm um, sure we'll get into that more specifically. And that was Kaiser's last game in charge. So looking back on that is his last game. That is how how far he the team performance has fallen, and especially since coming off the the best game that they've played together all season was last weekend. And I mean, it, I thought they would carry some of that momentum into this game as well, uh, and they really didn't. And they were kind of back to the the Meditimu type of performance, the Benfica type of performance, and you know. For better or for worse, uh, I think that um, they were kind of looking to replace the coach. They weren't really, sh- they didn't really need, or they didn't really have a time to do it yet. And I just think that this was just convenient timing for them, and they just took advantage of it. Um, but the guy, I mean, he never really had a grasp on the role. I think that he was stopped from from doing his job fully. Yeah. I mean, he, he was set up to fail. The guy never had a chance. So. I mean, I don't think he's a bad coach. I just think that this was, you know, a poor situation for him to come into. Yeah, uh, agreed. Um, Nando, I'll throw it off to you. Um, Yeah, just what are your thoughts on the game before we really dive into uh, the three penalties? Yeah, man. um, Unfortunately, I didn't get a a chance to watch the game. I followed it somewhat um, via the radio and then obviously just kind of reading along. But couple things that stand out to me, you know, I'm, I'm big on stats and stats don't tell the whole story, but they're a big indicator um, of the, of, you know, of what happened there. I mean, if you look at the stats for the game, um, the whole game, we had nine shots, only five were on target. Uh, that's pretty abysmal, especially playing at home. Riwa finished the game with more possession. I mean, that's not, uh, you know, a huge, huge indicator of them because, you know, we played better in the first half and then, you know, they obviously the team that's losing tends to take more possession again. But the clear thing to take from that is that Sporting under Kaiser and obviously he's not our coach anymore. We'll get to that in the next topic. But we have been giving opponents the possession all season long. And we've been doing that even before um, the end of last season. So once again, uh, we're up. Once again, we play defensively. And once again, we hope to save and salvage the win. Uh, against uh, Braga, uh, we kind of got lucky that we managed to win. Against Riwaf, we didn't. Um, when we played away um, against, uh, who, who was it that we just beat 3-1 Porto Munez? Um, we also tended to, even though that was our best game, give them 
um, possession and hope that, you know, we just manage the game. Um, a clear problem with him has been the fact that we don't do subs. We don't know when to do subs and we haven't had the right subs in. And again, Spartan paid the price and we lost the game. Um, a lot of that, if not all of that has to do with the coach so far this season, a lot has been on his decisions. Um, and then, of course, I mean, Kowats had a nightmare kind of game. I, I don't I don't think the second one was a penalty kick. We'll debate that in a second. But horrible game for him. Once again, Spartan um, at home, mind you, um, looking like almost the the underdog in a way or the team that we were going to expect to see, you know, not come out on top. And, and that's embarrassing. Uh, we should have more shots on target. We should have more shots, period. We should have more possession. We should have more passes, more pass accuracy, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. We don't. And uh, Kaiser's out, and we suck. Pisses me off. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and Patrick, before we before we get into the penalties, quick thoughts on the on the game. Um, well, again, uh, to echo uh, some of the thoughts, it's um, it was a game that um, it had its moments. Huav were pressing us quite well, and I think it's uh, something that even goes back to um, the Georges Zouge days when when William wasn't there. It was something that we really struggled with. It was teams pressing against us and have set their traps out uh, quite well throughout phases of um, the game against us and, and caught us out um, you know and, and when we talk about going to the market and whatever um, you know we still don't have that number six like William or someone a bit more mobile even that can rescue us in those situations I don't think Dumbia uh, is quite aware yet um, in that sort of role and uh, it showed again um, against Khiwaf. So credit to Carlos Carvalho and Khiwaf for, um, for spotting that. Um, I mean, it's something that many teams um, have spotted and have exploited um, over recent months. Um, anyway, um, but you know, there were still good moments in that game where it looked like Sporting might win, and um, we were winning at one stage. Um, even towards the end, or you know, as we find ourselves three-two uh, down um, via the uh, fortune um, of, of three penalties from Khiwav, even at three-two down, we could have made it three-three and maybe salvaged the point. But um, you know, at the end of it, oh, I think the writing was already on the wall. I think I don't know about you guys, but there, to me, there, there's a sense of you know of giving up from the players. And I think that feeling was very present, you know, when when Benfica ran all over us in the Super Cup, um, and gradually, I think it's it's ju- it's just that feeling is just lingering in the squad, um, and um, I don't know whether that's something personal directed from the players mentally towards Kaiser or just the club in general. Um, we'll see, but I think this squad mentally, I think it's it's mentally. Uh, affected um, Kaiser's tried to um, you know paper over the cracks and, and and prevent it from imploding in his hands somewhat and I think that's why he pro- he's probably gone so defensive in certain cases um, because he simply doesn't trust the team to play like a big team like Sporting is um, he's trying to find ways to protect um, the, protect his team, protect the result, um, and even that's not worked for him. Um, and you know, it's just another another episode, really, of a 
of a disjointed um, squad, a squad without uh, a clear plan and a clear path. Um, uh, when we look at our rivals, uh, Benfica and Porto, you know, the the teams that aren't perfect by any means, but you know they've got a clear plan and, and they go out there every week and play like a big club that they are. And I don't think uh, Sporting can say that about themselves. And when that happens, you know, there's results like um, like the other days. Yeah, yeah, agreed. Um, all right, let's uh, jump into the uh, to the penalty shouts. First and foremost, I think we all um, agree on the sentiment. Um, though, though some penalties are controversial, I think um, Sporting were sort of... Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, the, uh, the culprits of their own demise, if you will. They, they sort of, you know, like we said, uh, Quach still put himself in those positions to even, you know, even have them reviewed by VAR. Now, whether the referee went to go review them or not, that's a different story. Whether they should have been called a penalty or not. Um, the fact was, you know, Riwav's defense three times, you know, still broke through our, our, our low block or our high block, I should say. Um, so they still put themselves in that position. But I think we all agree that whether it's controversial or not, uh, the referee didn't in, wasn't entirely responsible um, for uh, for our loss uh, la- this weekend. Agreed? I'd agree, yeah. Okay. yeah. yeah all, right. Agree. all right, cool. Let's, uh, let me screen share here. You guys see, right? So here's the first penalty. Um, just have it constantly playing for even the people at home to see. Um, what are your guys' thoughts? Do you think it was a penalty or no? Uh, Christian, I'll start off with you. Yeah, you can't really see from this angle, but I think that this one was penalty. Uh, there's there's a slight touch, and I don't know if this will show a bit different angle, but no, there's really not enough for him to overturn it, at least. Yeah, agreed. How about Nando Patrick? Would you guys agree that this one is... Uh... Yeah, undisputably a penalty. Yeah, penalty. yeah, I would agree yeah, as well. Yeah, for me it's a penalty. Yeah, when you go down in the box, you're you're sort of asking for trouble, and um, that's that's what we got out of it. Agreed. Let me get the second one to load up. Sorry, I should have had this ready, guys. Here's a second penalty. I'll show you guys a different angle from it in a bit, but just from that there. Oh, my computer is having a meltdown here. Just from that there, what do you guys think? Contact, no. enough contact for a penalty? Not at all. He trips on himself, man. Yeah? Let me see if there's another. Yeah, it just shows a penalty here. Unless there's another angle, but off of that angle I'll right show there, you. I'll show you the other angle. That back foot just like clips. Yeah, there, 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 is, there is another angle which I saw in which I believe it's Coates' left knee Yeah. goes into Taremi's. You talk uh, about that like back left, left foot? Yeah, yeah so it, it, I think it was Coates' left knee sort of clips the lower leg of Taremi and that's what brings him down. Initially, I thought it was just the tug or something like that, but um, it was actually Coates' left knee. And, and I mean, it is minimal contact, but I don't know if in, that, if in that situation it's enough to bring him down, but that's what the referee uh, said. Yeah, that's the, yeah, that's the angle. Yeah, well, so that's there really is hard to tell. But, mind you, this isn't... What I was saying, kind of off camera, this is the uh, an angle that not even VAR had at the time. So, I mean, in my opinion, VAR got it right. The the, the referee got it right, but for him not to even see this image, yeah, how for could him you to only see, that? yeah, if you got to base it off image, of what you see. How does, yeah, 
Based off this image, yeah. don't understand why he calls that a penalty. Based off the other image, I agree. He got it right. Um, but, I mean, because even this, this looks like... Uh, just at first, I was looking, you see how his hand... Yeah, exactly. You see how his yeah, hand is on his back? I was first thinking that they called the penalty from there, which is bullshit because there was way more contact on a Rafinha goal. Uh, I believe it came from the first half. I could be wrong. Uh, but they called that one offside. So for them, them to then call this one offside, and, I mean, not to speak on our rivals, but there was a certain, uh, there was a certain controversy in the... Mind you, it was already 3 nothing, but there was a similar play that happened in Braga-Benfica that, um, I mean, if this got called a penalty, which, I mean, again, from this angle, probably deservingly so, um, I'm surprised that Benfica didn't get one. Uh, against them as well from very from a very similar uh, play, but anyways. Um, so what what are we? Do we all agree that this one's a penalty as well? Then I still am not a hundred percent sold on that man. I mean, I can see why, but it's hard to tell off of that image because like Kovac's leg makes no change. Like you would assume that if you hit him, even at the slightest contact, that his leg would change its momentum of some form. But that dude's leg. Um, and the other just, angle again. just has a weird ass like kick to it, like, and you can even see him like sort of like stretch out his back leg as well. Yeah, like right like, there. Hold contact. on, right there when he ki- when he kicks. See how he kind of leaves his leg behind. Yeah, exactly. It just seems it just seems real odd. Like almost as like he forces that own trip. Kawats yeah. is looking at the ball too. Yeah, exactly. Can't see his head in that. And see, Kawats' yeah. leg comes around and nothing changes, just running in motion. I don't know. I'm still saying that's not a penalty because Pretty even tough. if even if he has the other angle you're supposed to look at that and have undisputable evidence. And that's not undisputable. Yeah. Yeah. I would, so it's I would, still not a penalty to me. Of course, now he calls it a penalty on the pitch. So now, I mean, if we're basing off of like American football or whatever, then you got to have undisputable evidence to overturn it. But I'm assuming they have to do similar. And I still don't think there's undisputable evidence there. Yeah, it has uh, to be clear, obvious error. If anything, he touches his jersey a little bit at the end there, but that's not enough to make him fall anyways. See how no. he kind of tugs his shirt he's, right there he's with already, his right arm? He's sort of already jumping at that point when he finally does touch him on his back. See, like, right there with that oh, yeah. just a little bit. But yeah. I, I don't think that a penalty, man. That's, that's, that's a reach, man. The thing is, too, it, it's just funny. If you recall last year, there was a similar penalty called on Baz Dost um, that everybody was up in arms about, but the defender clips his heel, similar to how... He clips one, one. I think uh, the defend. I can't remember what was the game, but the defender clips. He's chasing Bazdosto and he clips his heel. Whereas this one, he's sort of running away from uh, from Kowatch where he chips his heel. But um, I mean, I, I'm not. I'm not necessarily mad that this one got called. To be honest, um, that's just my opinion on it. Um, but I, I also, I also feel the frustration of it being called, especially like we said. They, they didn't get the first image, so or the, that second image that I just showed on Twitter. So um, it's, it's kind of ridiculous. And then this is the third one where I don't think this one should be a penalty. One, you, you sort of see him touching the ball first. It's sort of the follow-through. And even still, I don't, he doesn't really touch the, the, the defender like that. I mean, No, nah, he really doesn't. And there's, there's shouts of it being outside the box, too. I'm hoping that this shows more of an angle to it. But V-Sports is kind of, uh, it's kind of lame. See if there's a better angle after here. Uh, just a goal. Yeah, I, I think guess. they break down the clips more on the website. Yeah. Okay. I'll have a look at the website then. But anyways, 
what do you guys think on this on this image for now at least until I find another one? Pretty, yeah, soft. A penalty? Yeah. Pretty soft as well. Yeah, uh, this one I, I don't I don't see how it's a penalty. I he didn't well, review on, any of these by the way. On the on the basis of the of the yeah. other two, it, it's pretty much the same thing. I think Kuwata has fallen for um for the tackle and and Taremi's. You know, been smart enough to to buy it and ask the question of the referee. Um, so again, it's it, I think it falls into that category where obviously you can see why it's been given, but mm-hmm. is it really enough? And you know, in this this case has been enough a hundred percent of the time, uh, according to the referee. Yeah, and like uh, Christian said just, just like a, a bit ago, he didn't even review it, which is... He didn't review any is, of them. Yeah, any, which is ridiculous. Here, hopefully this one has uh, better angles of it. 53 seconds, so, so I think a bit longer. What was this one? Oh, never mind, it's the same shit. Yeah. Never mind. <laughs> yeah, so this is really all we're working with then. But yeah, I, I'd agree with you guys. I don't think this one's not... This one, he even makes a meal out of it, but... Um, like I said in the beginning, I think we were we were still you know we still didn't play good enough to even to even warrant a win. Um, we missed a lot of chances, like you guys mentioned. Aquinia hit the post. Wendell was offside, and then a a, B, a BS non call on uh, Rafinha. Let me see if that one actually shows on the V Sports. Yeah, I think team. I think that that last penalty is also very telling of just the the craziness, the madness that's going on in the backline. I mean. Yeah, uh, as much as you can criticize Coates for, you know, um, going in for the tackles and conceding three penalties. I mean, he's left all all alone there um, with a player bearing in on goal. You know, there's there's no organization at the back at all, and and that's been a massive concern. And I think partially why Kaiser's been so keen sometimes to just say, you know what. Let's defend this lead or, or draw that we have sometimes because defensively sometimes we look so so poor. It's like a completely different to what we had under Jesus, for example, where there was a, like a very strong degree of organisation. It seems to be nothing going on at all. Kaiser hasn't been able to, you know, he hasn't been able to, to get his ideas across in, in that department. Yeah, no, agreed. And, and like even you even see here, like they're trying to play them off or or something. Like you see them sort of even yeah. backing off. I mean, a bit there. I mean, look at look at where Mathieu is, for example. Yeah, exactly. And He's this, over there in the midfield. And that, and that's a picture that we see that I see quite often. And I know Mathieu loves to bomb on as well, so that that isn't helpful either. Coates isn't the quickest. Yeah. I mean, they both have those sprints in them. Even Quatch likes to, if I'm not mistaken, yeah. he also had one this game too where he just likes to bomb forward. Here's also the thing. Like, even then, I think it's still still outside the box of foul, but uh, even, I guess that's debatable. The ball is in the box. We don't really exactly see the contact, but um, but even still. Uh, yeah, I think we'd all agree. I, I think, yeah, that third one is a little iffy. Um, but anyways... Uh, jumping on to the last thing of, of this uh, of this uh, game before talking about the chaos that ensued yesterday and today um, was there's a lot of hate on uh, on Kowach, um due to this game definitely not his best game uh, we've definitely seen 
Kowach, uh more consistent before uh, than he has been so far, you know, this season and even even spurts of last season. Um, do you think that uh, one Kwach has passed it? And uh, more importantly, do you think that this onslaught of, of hate is, is deserved on uh, Kwach? Um, Nando, I'll start that one off with you, dude. Hey, man, you guys were accidentally um, on low volume. Can you repeat that question for me real quick, bud? Yeah, just if you think uh, the, the hate that Kwach got over the weekend, no. especially from this game, is justified, and, and do you think um, we've seen the best of Kwach? No, I don't, I don't think we've necessarily seen the best of Kwach. I think that we've talked about it and touched on this subject a lot so far um, this season, but I think the team continues to show an abysmal conditioning um, at this point of the season, okay, like we're we're talking how, uh, like what four games in thus far? Uh, um, yeah. So five like if a fish, yeah, five if you include the super tasa, and we've looked horrendously um, in shape. Like I mean, we are tired all the time. When you're talking at guys like Matheus, who are who's an older guy, or even Kowats, who's not old, but um, he's no spring chicken. Like at the same time, they. No, man, I think they're I think they're not quite justified. I think he's had moments that Kowatz has always been a very aggressive defender. Kowatz has always been very uh, we talked about it just a moment ago. He he likes to just push up. Um and many times during the game he had a really nice pass um earlier that game to the right wing that he generated himself and kind of stretched out to get the ball up. I forget who it was, if it was Rafinha out there or something, but no, I don't think we've seen the best of Kowatz. Um, but I think that's right now he's been a bit unfortunate. A lot of these challenges that we just analyzed are very close. Um, a lot of times they don't get called. If they were not to get called, I mean, would we be having this conversation about Kowats? I don't think so. Um, I just think that a lot of it has to do, especially when it, with, with these defenders, is our condition. Our condition is horrible, horrible. And I think that has a lot to do with, with what we're seeing thus far from him and others, especially Matheus, et cetera. So, no, I don't think we've seen the best of him. I think he'll turn it around, um, hopefully, right, um, as we would hope that the rest of the team would turn it around. But, no, nah, man, I think they're they're not quite justified. Yeah, uh, and I agree with you. I think uh, not justified at all. I think Quats is still our, our better defender. Maybe you can say Mathieu. It's either or between the two of them. Um Kowatch would still be a, a great miss if we if we sold them this transfer window like uh, like rumored at times. Um, I also just want to bring you guys back to one more thing that I, I pulled up. But I just completely forgot to mention because uh, my memory is just horrible at times. Um, it's this Rafinha potential PK shout. What do you guys think on that? Slight contact. This does have a slightly better angle. Uh, give just it a, a second. Slight shove in the back. Yeah. Uh, he's onside, which you see here. It's just uh, this angle's not the greatest. You still see a little shove there, but I, personally, I think it's a little weak. Like you see that shove there, but it is a little weak. I kind of that's weak as hell, man. That that's not a penalty. Yeah, kick it, in, it could in throw him off. England, though, it's not. Mind you, like you, like I see this. This is the only angle that sort of like throws me off a bit. Only What's, because you see him trying to get the first touch perfectly, but then he sort of, I don't know, he makes a meal of that. Never mind. What's, yeah, sad, what's sad is that that's what our league has turned into. You know what I'm saying? That, yeah. like, we're sitting here analyzing that and going, like, could you think he, like, really, really fell? Or, like, 
Yeah, that's what's sad, man. That's not a penalty kick. Like I, if that was called against Spartan, I'd be like, no. And I, I personally do not feel like we should have gotten that. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree, uh, especially after seeing all of this. Yeah, he makes a meal out of it. If this was, uh, if this was a Bayfiga player, I'd be talking shit to be honest. So, yeah, right call, ref, on that one. Um, all right. Unless anybody else has anything else to say about this game, let's go into the. Uh, Let's go into the uh, news um, going around Spartan. Um, yeah, let's, so um, as we know, Marcel Kaiser's gone. We'll start off with this before uh, going into the transfer market. Um, thoughts? I know we, we sort of uh, mentioned it. I, I kind of, I'll, I'll, I'll say some things. I kind of liked the, the uh, even in this game, especially in the first half more so than the second. Uh, but I, I enjoyed, you know, the, the attempt of, of attacking football, if you will, I enjoyed the 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 passing through the lines, the the sort of moving forward as a unit, um, especially at when when things were going well in, in the in the very beginning. I I really enjoyed um, quote unquote uh, Kaiser Ball. Um, he showed a lot of promise with playing the kids, but then I think it was Christian that mentioned it earlier. Either it's it's his worry on on keeping his job or his worry on losing. If it was maybe somebody in his ear telling him to do otherwise, we went from a guy who wanted to win four three to a guy that was happy with winning one nothing or or more conservative in his play. We went from a guy who threw in uh, Pedro March, um, Brunpage, and um, I believe Miguel Luiz to a guy that. Wouldn't even think about playing um, playing academy players. Um, I don't know where it all went wrong, but uh, I definitely think the the dismissal was was justified. I just I, I think it's a waste. It's a waste of a preseason. It's uh it's it's a waste. Yeah, mainly of a preseason. We 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 should have already had something planned. This 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 is you know from from even what what we seen last night from the transfers. This is like just panicking. We 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 didn't even panic this much when when Pizzetto first had his first international break, and I believe we we tied against um, I don't know who it was now, but but we even dropped points. Verandes was even a little too afraid to to make a move then. Um, so it, it kind of shot it, it, to me. It at least came as a surprise. I was I thought Verandes would at least stick by his man with that for at least one more until one more um, international break. Um, I don't know if you guys agree with me or not. What, what are your thoughts on, on Kaiser leaving? Uh, Christian, I'll start it off with you. Yeah, I, I mean, it kind of sucks just because it could have happened a lot earlier. Uh, yeah. I mean, it seemed like they had made a commitment to him, and then to sack him now doesn't really make any sense. Uh, you know, it sucks to lose Bazdas, obviously. And, you know, maybe a new coach coming in would have been able to better, you know, get him back to his old form. But now he's pretty much just gone for chump change. So that kind of sucks, too. Uh, You know, it doesn't really... I'm not, you know, sold on Lionel Ponce being the coach full-time. Obviously, they think that they just if they just hire the coach of the B team that he just becomes Bruno Lage, but that's not really how that works exactly. Um, and there's actually a much greater chance of that not happening than it happening. So that's it's just that you can see that they're they're really not playing 3D chess 
you know, and everyone else is playing checkers. <laughs> you can yeah. see everything that's happened in the past couple of days is just like, oh shit, our hair is on fire. We got to do this. We got to do that. Like, oh shit, we need to sign someone. Let's just like sign these has-beens on loan to like check the box. Oh, we like need a new coach, so we'll just fire this one and then hire the under twenty-three coach, and then he'll just become Brunelage. Um, you know, it's just like it's it's so obvious to see what they're thinking is and. You know, the past, like, 24 hours have really, like, cemented in my mind that they really don't have a clue. And, and I think the Sharks are starting to circle as well. Who and, and the Sharks are mostly also just opportunistic pricks. Um, but they, they're nonetheless that they, they do smell blood in the water. And uh, I don't know if this guy makes it through his entire tenure of his presidency. Yeah. I, I, as of right now, I'd be very shocked if he does. Um but I think it all depends on also where he where we finish this season. Um, Patrick, I'll throw it off to you next. Uh, thoughts on on Kaiser leaving? Um, well, to be honest, part of me um, thinks you know better now um, uh, or better late than never. Shall I say we have wasted yeah. uh, preseason, and um, you know I think even th- this season's in, in in jeopardy already. You know, just four games in. But you know, in terms of preparation, we we almost have to do it all again, um, uh, and I don't blame Kaiser entirely. Although I do feel like his football, um, you know, after a certain period, uh, became very dull and uh, and very very lifeless, and and, and essentially it, it it was going to take us nowhere. I think we would have had these kinds of performances littered across our season uh, you know right through until the end of his contract I, I really didn't see where he was taking uh, the club anymore it was a very it was a very complete it was a completely different approach to to what we first envisioned envisioned when when he arrived I think it sort of happened after uh, a game against Vitali Guimarães and um, yeah. he, he sort of just went hold on these guys have caught on to me almost and uh, let me change things a bit, and, and that's where he became way more conservative than um, than what we thought we were going to see. And and that was, you know, initially when he arrived, that was very exciting and very appealing. I, I always thought, you know, Kaiser Kaiser was a low key name, and I thought like even if. He didn't last at Sporting. I thought like he would be the manager who would at least uh, lay down a model, lay down a route for for this new Sporting, which would be to play attractive football and to you know almost like Ajax in Barcelona to 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 push players through playing the same kind of football that from the under twenty threes down to the uh, juniors. Um, and I thought that was the path that Sporting were gonna. Uh, uh, find themselves in, but uh, what 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 we've seen is obviously Kaiser, um, firstly moving away from that. But I think there's a complete disconnection between the first team and the under twenty threes and uh, and the players that the manager wants um, and the players that the the board has signed. I think you know throughout it all, Kaiser was clueless as to what was happening, whether Bastos was staying or going and what was happening with Bruno Fernandes and uh, even yesterday like you know Balassi and Jesse Rodriguez and all those turning up Vieto was signed and and Kaiser 
even though he tried to shoehorn him in in pre-season. Once the season started, he didn't really know how to fit him in because um, apparently he, he couldn't play alongside Bruno Fernandes. It's just, it was just a mess. It was very confusing. And, um, you know, even if Kaiser did have a clear idea and he was still playing the football that uh, we, we we loved to see at the start of his tenure, I think it, it, it would have gone wrong for him and it could probably go wrong for anyone else. Um, that comes in. I think what the board are looking for is a yes man sort of manager, a manager that just just takes in the players that are signed uh, and makes things work, makes things stick. Essentially, I'm not really sure. Um, I'm, well, I'm I'm positive that the boards, uh, you know, that they, they, they aren't playing their role correctly and they're making uh, some bad moves in the market, etc. So. Um, I think that that's very com- that's very complicated for Sporting to deal with, and um, you know what we have is is a very uh, conf- confusing squad uh, to look at moving forward. So whoever comes in um, has a huge huge job um, on 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 their hands. Uh, it's a, it's a it's a massive puzzle to put together, um, and I'm not really sure you know. What sporting can do with this squad, you know, I'm thinking third at best. But you know, uh, Kimarange and Braga look very good, even for Malika and Khiwav. So yeah. you know, I I dread to think of, it, of what could happen. But you know, there are some decent players still in the squad, obviously, and Bruno Fernandes um, has the quality that, that he has. So you would think that at best we we can maybe. Uh, do something like finish third or whatever, but it's even then, you know, we shouldn't be here thinking, oh, we should hopefully hang on to third. We should be thinking, let's go for the title and, and whatnot. But you know, um, uh, the, the, the overriding feeling that I have is that Kaiser wasn't quite good enough, but you know, it, it was sort of set up to fail. Uh, given the, the the backing and the, and the planning that the board put in front of him. Yeah, uh, agreed, agreed. And Nando, uh, last but not least, what are your thoughts on, on Kaiser's departure? Um, I think it was overdue. I think that we all kind of touched up on it so far. Um, everybody's kind of had the general impression that, the <laughs> he, like Patrick just said, he's a yes man. Um, yeah. The board has wanted a yes man. Um, it's more than evident with his posture, with with the way Kaiser interacted with the Portuguese press. Um, you know, he was buying, he was the complete opposite of a Georges, was obviously. Um, but I think it was it was overdue, man. I think that we spent now several podcasts talking about how poorly the preseason has been managed, how poorly the preseason was planned. How we're still scratching our heads about who we just brought in on the final day of the market, about who's left, about who was transferred out. Um, and you have to ask yourself, like, did Kaiser have absolutely any role in this? I, I, I 100% feel like he hasn't or he didn't or very, very small percentage um, in, in any of what decisions were made. Um, you know, he he showed us some promising football uh, early last year, but I think that that was more a product of like a just you know a change of of scenery and a change of of, of just a, a fresh a breath a, a new breath of air, um, 
And that kind of fizzled down pretty quickly. He started showing uh, moments during the la- end of last season and this year where he uh, was very reluctant to make changes that left most fans scratching their heads, very defensive mindset, um, very poor substitutions. And um, I don't even think that that has to do with the players that we have on the bench because a lot of the players on the bench we would all probably here today agree that could have been subbed and should have been subbed in and deserve to be subbed in in multiple instances. So I think he lost a, a control of the team, of the players, not in a way that George Zeus did, but in a way that I think can't compete to win the title. Um, but there was something important that uh, I don't know if you guys read, um, but I was actually just rereading here a moment ago. Um, but Anders today uh, talked a little bit or gave um, an interview. I don't know if it was to a joke, but at least I'm going to read it on a joke. And he kind of described his reasoning for choosing um, Kaiser and how he felt that Kaiser essentially gave him the feeling that it was the, um, the coach with the least risks um, possible, the guy that was the safest bet, mostly because of just how well and soft-spoken he was. Um but more importantly, about how Varandas, and then we can talk about him in, an, in another topic, but how he kind of takes that opportunity to try to almost defend his logic and his reasoning for choosing a guy like Kaiser. Um, and he kind of starts to say, like, guys like Uvian and Beth who have all done a wonderful job and blah, blah, blah. Um, so to me, just reading that, that interview, um, seeing the way uh, Kaiser and the team have performed thus far, seeing how poorly they've been planned for this season. Um, the, to me, is just the firing of Kaiser is the culmination of uh, an administration that has absolutely no damn idea what yeah. they're doing and a coach that has no damn idea how to do it in a league that's not like the other leagues. Yeah, His, his style just simply doesn't work here, and it wasn't going to work here, and it wasn't going to work at least not with a Spartan. We need instant gratification we need instant results we cannot um, at this point of all these years without winning a title continue to have um, if if you're going to come at it with a project the project has to be clearly defined from the get-go and it needs to be held to full execution like almost George Zeus was okay and then we either we live with it or we die with it but Kaiser wasn't that and couldn't be that and therefore he had to take the fall he had to be the scapegoat for Verandas unfortunately but it was Agreed. deserved yeah and even another thing, um, too, is like, I don't even think he had any, again, to the yes man point, I don't think he had any true say in incoming or outgoing of players. Uh, I, like we mentioned earlier, earlier, he even said he, he wasn't even sure whether Bazdos was leaving or not, or he, he only heard that Bazdos was leaving through the news There's or something like no that. There's no way a coach um, would be okay bro, with the subs. Like I said, or not like I, I said this earlier to a, to a Porto buddy. Even Sergio Conceição has say in players that he wants at Porto, and Pintacosta has been there for 35 years or so. He's won the champion. He's won everything at, at Porto, basically. And even Sergio Conceição has a say. The fact that we brought in a manager that that, in, in, from our understanding, obviously from the outside looking in, uh, it, it didn't seem like he had any control. Um, like like you uh, like like I think it was Christian I mentioned earlier. Vieto was just there, sort of. You know, Kaiser's sort of trying to plug him into this 11, uh, playing on the left or whatever. Mind you, it worked one game, but that was one game. I- I've seen him play on the left in other preseason games, and they looked terrible. Um, and then, uh, and and now we'll move on to the transfer, uh, the, the the transfer window. Uh, it just just straight panic with with a bunch of 
with a bunch of wingers on on two million on on two million euro contracts, where we had a guy that was I don't know if he was Bundesliga Rookie of the Year, but I know he won a, a bunch of uh, Rookie of the Month awards and won Nuremberg's Rookie of the Month, uh, Rookie of the Year, I should say. We had Matus Pereira, who's half the price of uh, Blasi or or, or Hesse um, or Fernando, um, and he couldn't get a proper shot. I, I mean. Moving on to the to the transfer window, the thing that frustrates me the most is we didn't even have a backup plan if Bruno Fernandes wasn't to be sold. Like it, it was just sort of whatever fell into it. We we just happened to sell Thierry for twelve million. We had an offer for for twenty from Ren and decided to take Rafinha. And then it's like, oh shit! Well, we got rid of our our right wing. Let's uh, or our right side. Let's let's try to plug in some holes by. By getting this guy, this guy, and this guy, when earlier on in the transfer window we loaned out Jelson Dalla with an option to buy, we loaned out Matus Pereira with an option to buy. Um, we 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 have um, Gonzalo Plata who barely makes any appearances. Uh, mind you, I think Carlos Mene moving on was the right thing to do, but we also had Carlos Mene on the wing that could have maybe filled in a void. I'm not saying we don't sign one of the three players we signed yesterday. But we only—I should—I'm saying we should—we should have only signed one player. We should have been cognizant that, hey, maybe teams aren't going to buy Bruno Fernandes for the price tag that we want. Maybe let's keep one of these kids around just in case, you know. And then at the, maybe towards the end, if we do sell uh, or if we see that he's not quality enough, maybe then we can sell them or then loan him out or whatever, uh, because there is always going to be a market for him. Um, the the selling of Baz Dost, just getting back on Kaiser just for a bit for for a bit longer. Was sort of um, to me at least. It was it was that Baz Dost wasn't really suiting in Kaiser's system. Um, he wasn't the the forward that Kaiser wants. So we sell Baz Dost just to get rid of Kaiser a week later. It, it, it's th- this panic. This this uh, like 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 Christian said, us playing che- or checkers, not chess, or us playing. Yeah, sorry, I said it right. Us playing checkers, not chess. Uh, just just came back to haunt us. And um, and this is this is this is have this is remind me of uh of the transfer window where we signed uh, Jeffrin Bojinov, uh, Pjanic, uh, Bularuz from like the Barca's, the Chelsea's, the Bayern of the world, um, and and we all know how that season finished. So, um, I I, I hope I'm wrong, and I hope Hesse can come in, and and Bolasi can come in, and and this Fernando kid can come in and really prove me wrong, and prove me to prove us, uh, to be to be some, or prove that that there's some quality, and help us, you know, win something this year. But, um, it, in my eyes, it's not worth the investment, especially if we're trying to save money. It doesn't make sense to then take on a contract as big as Hesse's is after a guy who hasn't played, uh consistent first team football in over the last two three seasons same thing with Bolasi, who, who who suffered an injury seen his game time significantly diminished and then spent uh, a loan out last year on loan to um to Anderlecht and Aston Villa uh, for us to be paying them so much uh when we had kids from our academy when we already had players that we could have used um is ridiculous to me uh but anyways let me pull up the screen some tra- the transfer market uh page here of our arrivals um, and guys, tell me your thoughts on, on our transfer window as a whole. And of course, as, uh, uh from last night, um, the, the transfer deadline day, uh, Christian, I'll start it off with you. Uh, yeah, I mean, overall 
to me, uh, you know, I've seen a lot of people complaining about the Jerry Correa deal. I mean, I don't even think that that's that bad of a deal. I mean, they basically turned nothing into uh, some money. He'd only played a couple games. Obviously, he still, still needs to work on his game, get better uh, defensively, marking-wise. You know, one-on-ones, he's actually not bad. Um, you know, maybe a bit low, but, I mean, $12 million isn't isn't bad. I think that we got 9 mil for, for Pacini or 7 mil. And obviously, Pacini was a more complete player. So, I mean, you know, who knows? I hope Jerry Coudet evolves into a great right back. I mean, Portugal's fairly secure at that position right now. But, I mean, you know, maybe. I'm not sure how much game time he'll get. Probably a bit more of a chance now that Pacini went down and is probably out for a while. Uh, but, you know, it, it's not the worst thing in the world. And it was a position where we did have uh, some more options. Gaspar obviously gone as well. So it's basically Rostovsky. And um, Rosier. Rosier, yeah. So we haven't seen him play really at all. But he he basically has to hit now. We spent a lot of money on him, so we basically have to hit with him. Which uh, is which is sorry, which is scary because he is coming off an injury. So and and Ristovsky, from my from my knowledge, is still injured. So, yeah. So it's it's a big risk. Hopefully he's ready. You know. Yeah, I mean, enough. I know Kamashu bitched about it in the past, playing outside back, but yeah. Could Honestly. be his way into the squad. You know what scares me? Uh, our next game is against Boavista, and and uh, I have a I have a gut feeling that our right back is going to be Tiago Ilotti. <laughs> or a back three. Yeah, I mean, I have no idea. We do have an extra week for recovery, so I think yeah. that'll probably be a close call with Rostovsky, but at the same time, I mean, he hasn't played all season. I don't know if he's ready to just go the full 90. No. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, other than that, it's just a, it's a clusterfuck. Uh, Eduardo... Haven't been super impressed. Kaiser loved him for his shitty park-the-bus tactics. New manager. We'll see what he makes of him. Kamashu, still yet to play at all. Interested to see. I mean, he's been on the bench the past couple games, which is at least an improvement, but still yet to play. Same with Plata. Been on the bench recently. Hasn't played at all. Uh, Vietu, I mean, he was okay the last game. Uh, He was really good in the Portimonez game. So, I, I mean, I have high hopes for him, but expensive not sure what to expect from our boys that we got yesterday personally i think that fernando's probably not going to play too much with the first team he's probably going to be for the u23s just because he really hasn't established himself in europe at all unless he's turns out to be really good i mean he couldn't find a spot in the shakhtar team at all so not really sure what he's coming here to do at all in the first place and then hesse and balassi both Suffered serious injuries in the last three years. Both have not been the same player since the injuries. Neither of them are really true strikers. So what what I could maybe see happening is Sporting playing a 4-4-2 with Bruno Fernandes as a second striker or maybe Hesse underneath of the Philippe. But we really don't have any, any options up top other than Pedro Menz, who's yet to even sit on the bench for the first team, and Luis Philippe, and then just mismatched players playing out of position. Uh, I guess you could put Balassi up there, you could put Hesse up there, but they're not you know, true strikers. Plus, no, no idea what their form is, is going to look like anyways. Haven't really performed in, in any sense of, the, of the, the promise that they once showed, but I guess we'll have to wait and see. But it's a, it's a really mishmashed roster of just random 
players. It's I mean, the theme is kind of massive potential that didn't really pan out fully is kind of a theme throughout the entire roster with a mix of like young and, and promising and just players that were already on the team and, and aging like Matthew and Kowatz. Renan Rebedo is 30. I mean, he's no kid. He seems a lot younger than he is, but he's 30. Yeah. So it, it, it's totally random. Uh, it, it's, it's, it's like a team compiled in, in like, like a football manager, or like FIFA yeah. career mode where it's just like, doesn't really, the chemistry doesn't really matter. It's just like the stats. It's like, oh, he's a 79. So I'll just like plug him in. It doesn't really work like that in the real world. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, I, I have, I have truly no idea what to expect. Yeah. Um, let me just quickly, uh, before passing it off to you, Nando, I'll quickly go through our, our incoming. So we got Rosier, which is our uh, more expensive, I hope I'm saying that right, but was our more uh, expensive um, um, transfer, which was $8 million plus Mama Balde to uh, Dijon. We got Vieto, which was uh, $7.5 for half of his uh, pass. We had Rafael Camacho for $5 million, Eduardo Enrique for $3 million. We got Luis Neto on a free, on a free transfer. We have uh, Jesse Rodriguez on loan. Um, I don't. I know we have an option to buy or we did for seven mil. Seven mil, goddamn. Um, we also got, like we mentioned, Fernando, who we don't have an option to buy. It was a loan, uh, but apparently we have uh, a preferential off. Um, uh, what's it called? A preferential clause or some shit like that. That will be the first one to be to be able to make a, an offer, but. I mean, I don't know how, how well that'll work because Shakhtar, if he performs well, Shakhtar can probably just say no to us first and they then bought say like, yes to a big money move. So They bought like five, six, They bought him for like five, six mil, so I doubt they'd be willing to sell cheap. Especially. For anything less, exactly. Um, and then lastly, we got uh, Yannick Bolasi um, on loan with a $4 million, uh buyout clause uh, I read earlier today. And uh, I mean, I guess we can count in Gonzalo Plata, who came in January, but... Uh, let's count him in as as he he moved up from the U23 to put, maybe play for the senior team. Um, so yeah, that's our incomings um, and our outgoings. Um, we had Rafinha go for 21 million, Thierry Correa go for 12 million um, with uh, with a with some bonuses as well, right? I, I don't know Plus the exact three in bonuses. I think it could be 15. Yeah, um, we had Bas Dost with uh, seven mil, and we also kept a percentage of his uh, future future sell-on clause or some shit like that. Uh, we had Jonathan Silva go for three million, Dimitri Duarte go for three million, Yuri Medeiros go for two million. Surprisingly, um, Salen left on a free, Carlos Menel left on a free. We have a lot of uh, on the Kusta Zero squad. Um, Diaby left on a loan, but I think it's uh, a one million option to buy or something like that. I could I think be wrong. It's four. Four, okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, Matilsh Pereira went on loan, but I think it's uh, ten million to buy as well. Nine or ten, yeah. Nine or ten. Sheik Gerald's went on loan that I know of. There was no buy. There was no um, option to buy. Leonard Ruiz actually went to Verzing. I think I seen this yesterday or today. Uh, Ryan Gold went to Farins, I believe, on a Custa Zero. Um, uh, Jelson Dalla went to Antiel. Oh fuck! I hate this one. Antalya Spor. Um, on loan with a three or four million option to buy. Uh, Bruno Gaspar went on loan to Olympiacos with an option to buy, and we also got seven million from uh, from Daniel Podins. Um, Petrovic went to Almeida for two million, if I'm not mistaken, and then of course the legend that is Jefferson uh, <laughs> left the club yesterday, uh, mutually uh, terminating his contract. Um, 
but he has yet to sign with a team. So, Nando, I'll pass it off to you, dude. Thoughts on yesterday and even thoughts on transfer market or the transfer window as a whole? That's garbage, 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 garbage. Everything was garbage. Nothing made sense. Nothing made sense, man. Like getting rid of the players we got rid of for the th- reasons that the media and what we believe is for saving money has put out. The narrative that they've been trying to follow doesn't make sense, man. Um, I, I'm not like I agree with um, with you guys when you guys mentioned um, Thierry Correa. Like, I'm not mad about that one. I'm not like not mo- most Portuguese's who don't follow the Kamada Javis would not have known him, and you know that he came from a nothing, and f- suddenly he's some kind of you know twelve million. That's fine. I'm okay with that. Um, honestly, but everything else makes no sense to get rid of Bosch Dost and not get a replacement for him to get rid of Bosch Dost to save money, but yet bring in a Jazen and pay for his salary. Cause he's not going to be cheap. That's, that's a wash. It makes no sense. Um, <laughs> I don't know what the fuck's going on. Um, <laughs> yeah. like it's, 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 it's annoying as hell to think about it, try to justify, but it's so chaotic, man. It, the, the, the team is so backwards that there's no rhyme or reason to it. You know, we, we were just sitting there talking, um, a moment ago about how we're going to probably play a four, four, two with Bruno Fernandes, you know, being a the false forward. Like it just, it's, everything's crazy and backwards and nothing makes sense, man. Um, so if I were to give them a, a letter grade, I would say it was an F. Well, yeah. Yeah. Like, legit. Like, I'm not looking at one single move, and I'm like, okay, like, makes sense. I'm happy with it. You know, like, that fits and fits that weakness. You know, that's going to replace that player. Nah, bro. It's crazy. Yeah. I, I, what, what coach is going to come in and look at this team and be like, man, I can't wait to coach this? Yeah. Um. It's, it's it is insane. Like uh, again, just to quickly before passing it off to Patrick, my my biggest thing, especially from yesterday as well, um, is that it was clear to me we needed another six. Uh, though I like Dumbia, and though I want to give Dumbia a chance to shine, I don't think Eduardo is much of a six. So to have Dumbia and somebody else um, would would at least leave me a bit more secure. Um, we, as we mentioned plenty of times just now, we also needed another striker. Maybe Hesse can fit there, um, or maybe even Vieto can fit there. Uh, but as of right now, out and out striker, clear striker. In my eyes, we only have one. Um, and, and then we just signed a bunch of left. We signed a bunch of wingers. Um, and and sure, we needed it because we got rid of our whole right, our whole right, starting right side in Rafinha and, and Thierry. But. Um, I think we also needed a little more. And if we were going to panic, uh, let's, let's go all out in our panic and get all of the positions we need, uh, not just fill in the void of one. Um, but anyways, Patrick, uh, your thoughts, dude. Um, yeah, we've had, a, we've had a very bad window in my eyes. Um, firstly, um, looking at the departures, I mean, um, I would say that we got a good fee for, for Thierry, um, who's a right back? He's played minimal games for us. Um, in terms of the jump up to professional football, he's very, very raw and very new. He's a player with potential, of course. But uh, if, we're, if we're looking at um, if we're looking at things on face value and statistics, um, you know, twelve million is is a good fee for us, um, uh, which we should get. Um, Javier as well. 
22-odd million. Um, you know, I think he's a player who had scope to improve this year. Um, but, you know, even then, I think 20-odd million, it is a fair deal. And, and I think we, we get, um, you know, we can become a little bit more comfortable um, with our finances in that aspect. Which, by the way, we I think we're all in the dark in terms of what Sporting's yeah. financial health is. You know, we have no clue. And I think uh, Varandas and, and his uh, board certainly um, owe it to the Sporting fans to clarify this. Uh, once and for all because you know a lot of that rides on the strategy in the transfer market as well and we don't know what the hell's going on we don't know if the club um, really needs this money or if they don't we've heard many times that you know they're okay and they've got the loan from Apollo and whatever um, but you know here we are um, trying to make ends meet uh, by selling Rafinha with no plan B by selling Bastos for as little as seven million for no plan B, and then reverting back to blaming him for wanting to leave back in May, and again that just makes us look even more stupid for not having a, a backup plan for when we do sell Dost. Who, who's his replacement? I think that's the worst thing. We don't have a replacement for Dost. Um, we don't have a replacement for Rafinha, or, or better, we do, but we probably loaned him out to West Brom in Matos yeah. Pereira and we'll, we'll see what Gonzalo Blatter can do but obviously it would have been nice to have had um, two players vying for that position in on on, on the right because I think a lot of our we don't really have a classic inside forward do we from the, the right Kamashu uh, is a winger if he's to play on the right um, yeah. Jovan Cabral is also a winger if he's to play on the right we don't really have that inside forward that role that Rafinha was Undertaken other than Plata. Um, and, you know, on the flip side to that, um, actually, um, we obviously let go of a few players uh, on freeze, which to me just seems like quite lazy. Like, even if you're getting a million or two for, for those players, you know, it's sporting. Let's not, let's not beat around the bush. Every single Portuguese club in this. Uh, every every Portuguese team, you know, the finances aren't good, so we need to make sure we're making the very best of every situation. We, we you can't just let players go on freeze. You have to find every way possible to get some kind of fee. That doesn't matter whether you're freeing up wages. You need like some some sort of money coming in, and I just feel like. Um, it's very poor to, to, to have let go so many players uh, on freeze and then obviously claim that the, the situation of the club financially isn't the greatest. Um, it just That just doesn't make sense to me at all. Like players like André Pinto, I think Petrovic left on the free, Karol um, you know, these are, they're players that between them you should be getting at least five to ten million pounds. Yeah. Uh, or, or euros. Uh, um, just just quickly on that, my, the only thing that also pisses me off from the Salem, Mane, and Pinto deal is that they all left on a free and they had clubs waiting on them. Like, Carlos Mane yeah. went right away to Riwav. Salem went right away to Stadren. Pinto went right away to uh, Al-Fateh in Saudi Arabia. That's Like you said, that's just lazy. Like, come on, get, yeah. a, get something out of these guys. But anyways, I mean, he's still yeah, free up contract. He's still free up the the salary, anyways. If you and you get a fee, it's not like the salary. You still have to pay the salary. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> you can still flip that. Yeah, you're exactly right there. 
Um, a bit closer to to what we experienced yesterday. Again, the signings just don't make sense for the players that we've lost. Uh, we lost Dost. We don't really have that striker to replace him. I, I would have, I would have hoped. You no, know, deep down, truly, I, I would have accepted selling Dost um, for something around fifteen to twenty million. Let's not be ridiculous and selling for seven. Um, but I would have liked Sporting to to have let Dost go and upgraded him um, with a striker that will be capable of offering different different things, someone a bit more complete, someone who can run in behind, someone who can hold the ball up and and do all all of that, you know, similar to um some of the strikers that our rivals have. You know, they're far more complete than what we have. Um I think I think that was an important move uh for us to make if we wanted to complete but to compete, sorry. But you know, we we never did that and by the looks of things we never even looked a striker that could offer us um, that sort of um, those sorts of attributes, and the same goes for a, a number six. You know, uh, again, one player that could have probably played that role is out on loan, and that's Daniel Burgansa. Um yeah. And we sh- sporting that should have been one of the very first things that this um, the club's hierarchy should have been doing. They should have been looking at a player who's capable of uh, translating this possession-based style that Kaiser would have wanted or that Varandas wants uh, long-term for, for his team. Um, because, you know, when, if we're talking modern-day football, that defensive midfielder is the brain of uh, the whole squad. He's the heartbeat. Uh, and what we're looking at is a team like Sporting who doesn't have a, a, a brain to its system. As simple as that, and that's why a lot of teams can come up against us and press us off the park, and, and we have no refuge. We can't get out because we haven't got that player who knows how to set the tempo, who knows how to escape those sorts of traps. Um, you know, we're, we're shoehorning someone like Dumbi in, who, um, with all due respect to him, he's, he's decent technically, but positionally and in terms of managing space, he's not the greatest. He seems like someone who's far better at playing alongside someone in a double pivot um, and you know we're even damaging him as a young player almost because he's collecting bad performance after bad performance in a role that's not meant for him um, and yeah just the whole planning behind uh, this season it's just been it's just been really poor um, yeah <laughs> I'm lost for words sometimes just thinking about it, but <laughs> it, it, it's it's not a good look for us at all, um, and um, I've, uh, we've definitely made a mess out of it. Yeah, listen, I, I couldn't agree more. Um, I, I liked what uh, what Nando did earlier, so I'm gonna ask the, the two of you guys, and I'll also chime in. Um, letter grade on on our transfer window as a whole, uh, Christian. I'll start off with you. Uh, D. <laughs> D and for uh, for you, Patrick. Um, it's it's in between a D minus and uh, and an E plus, something something around that region. Because it's especially after yesterday, you know, bringing in Yessi, Balassi, Fernando. I've never even heard of Fernando. Um, Balassi and and Yessi. Um, although we know that they. They're good players. There's talent in there, you know. We but 
no nobody's seen that talent for three four years uh, and and we've already got someone in the team that's like that and that's Vieto um, all of a sudden this new manager that has to come in as as Nando said who's going to look at that score and say yes I want this challenge you know not many not many managers out there will fancy their chances and you got three players like Balassi, Yessi, Vieto, you're going to have to reconstruct them, reinvent them um, almost. And, and when the confidence is as low as it is and, uh, and the mood is as toxic as it is in, in the stands, that's going to be so hard to do. You know, you can only really envisage Yessi and Balassi flopping at sporting, unfortunately. Um, they're just two signings that in my opinion, uh, just, you know, it, it's a bit football manager-like where you just sign players because you know who they are. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. That's, just, that's just what it feels like we've done. And uh, all three of them are left-wingers as well where none of them, you know, sort of tick the boxes of, of a centre-forward as, as Chris said a moment ago. We don't really have that option. Um, we don't really have uh, some variety to throw out there. Uh, beyond the standard centre forward that, that is Luis Philippe, so um, it's a very incomplete squad, um, he- heavy, loaded in, in certain uh, uh, positions, and, and very uh, you know weak in, in other areas. It's, it's just a mess, really. I'm curious to see who fancies uh, picking it up, but um, I wish them good luck as well because they'll definitely need it. It's a difficult squad to make sense of. Yeah, and uh, I was actually going to bring that up on when we were talking about Kaiser, but it completely slipped my mind. Patrick, I'll start off with you. Uh, there's been a few names. There's only really been one name uh, linked to the Spartan job, but uh, that came from Mark. I forgot the guy's name. It was Jerona's ex-boss. Uh, uh, but who it was would you like? Sacristan, wasn't it? There you um, go. Yeah. That was ex-boss manager. And... With some um, terrible statistics. He had 44 games, 10 wins, some like 13 ties, 21 losses. It was, it was not great. Uh, yeah, but anyways, so. uh, who would you like to see as uh, a Spartans next manager? Or, or do you want to give, um, what's his name, Lionel, uh, Lionel Ponch um, a chance? No, nah, I wouldn't. Um, I'm not someone to get caught up in the Lionel Ponch hype. Um, uh, someone who... I think even Mendes might have uh, uh, might have played a part in him arriving at Sporting to be under twenty three manager where he's he did um, yeah yeah exactly so um, it's that's not really a route I want to go down um, but not just that you know I think a lot of people are comparing him to Bruno Lage already and that's just not how it works yeah. um, it, it, he's done well uh, with the under twenty threes but you know we can't get caught up in that because us, ourselves, we know that a lot of the players that we've got in the under-23s at the moment, um, you know, when we talk about Mateo Nunes, Pedro Menz, uh, Tomás Silva, uh, Joelson Fernandes, even at his young age, um, you know, these are players that perhaps are are too good for the uh, to the Liga Revolução already. Um, so, a lot of Lionel Bunch's uh, early success is due to the quality of the players that he has at his disposal um, at this moment in time. So I'm not really um, sure about giving him uh, the job. But he, can, he, can, he has his chance to impress as interim manager, but I prefer someone um, with greater pedigree and a clear philosophy. I think one man that, that, that 
stands out to me is Kike Setien, yeah. who um, just last season um, was um, at Real Betis. Curiously, um, he's he's managed Jesse Rodriguez twice in his career, I believe, uh, both at Betis and uh, Las Palmas. Um, so it'd be interesting to see if, if uh, for a third time running, first season running, I believe, uh, Jesse and Setien are, are reunited. Um, but yeah, I think he's the, to me he's a name that jumps out because he's he's obviously free at the moment. Um, but he's someone who's not afraid to play uh, a particular style. He, he is someone who we will have to be patient with. We will have to back um, any manager that comes in. We will have to be patient with because, um, as, as we've all uh, alluded to, the squad is a mess. So, yeah. in terms of organising it and and building up the confidence and and um, and just pulling the pieces together to make some sort of picture. Um, it's going to take some time, um, which which will be tricky. I, I, obviously, sporting fans aren't known for having much patience at all. So, it's uh, it, whoever takes the job, it's, it was pro- it's probably a poison chalice. Um, but you know, deep down, I'd like to see someone like Setien because he he he's. Um, I, I, I like the the expansive uh, brand of football that he promotes, and he does it unapologetically. Yeah. Um, and um, you know, we, we we all know that when that sort of football works, it's, it's it's beautiful to see. And some of the very best managers in the world right now uh, play that kind of football. So um, that's 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 what we all aspire our club to to do is to play good football week in week out and. Uh, achieve things hopefully Setien and Sporting uh, can be uh, a, a nice link up um, going into the future so that's 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 the sort of direction I'd like us to go in yeah agreed and, and uh, quickly on Setien he was the he was the guy that really revolutionized Betis uh, Betis are a pretty yeah. good team today and it was really because of his work um, yeah. so yeah great shout um, Christian uh, who would you like to see yeah just to to get into the Lionel Ponce, George Men's um, connection. Uh, prior to coming to the U23s, Ponce was actually coaching that team that's now bankrupt, but that had entered the agreement into, with Wolves, FC Jumila in the third division of Spain. Yeah, uh, that's where David Wang came from. Uh, it's basically just it was basically just a fake club for Wolves to loan players to, and. Yeah, the fact that he's gotten the job and, uh, you know, I mean, the U23s are, are obviously, uh, you know, much better than all the other teams, the games that I've seen. So, yeah, I mean, I just, the thing is, is if, if it's not Ponce, it's going to be another George Men's approved manager. It's going to be Marcus Silva's other assistant coach or, or someone like that. I mean, it's not an attractive job to take. This guy, um, San Cristan, I mean... He's just gotten his club relegated. <laughs> now he's linked to the job. I mean, I mean, there's just like the the list of names that are even going to want this job are are slim. So it's it's not an attractive situation or squad to take control of right now. Yeah. And I mean, I personally think that they're probably just going to stick with with Ponce. But I mean, there's other coaches in the in the first division that I'd rather have. I'd rather have, um, 
Evo Vieta, I'd rather have Silas, I'd rather have um, uh, Vitor Oliveira. I, I literally would rather have like four or five managers um, just from, you know, the smaller clubs over, over Ponte. But uh, I'm not sure what's going to happen. Um, Peppa just, just took on the Pastoreta job. You know, I literally would rather have him. Guy <laughs> shows some fucking oh, emotion. <laughs> I mean, it, yeah. my, my, my standards are incredibly low, but, I mean, we should be able to <laughs> yeah. find someone who, who's at least kept his team in the top flight. Yeah. yeah. There's, a good chance. There's a good chance he'll be a Portuguese manager this time as well. Yeah, maybe. After the Kaiser experience. Yeah, agreed. There might even uh, might even be a good chance that uh, Petit comes in to help us um, yeah. avoid relegation. <laughs> or or, or, or Scolari just got sacked from Paul Manage, you never know. He was linked yeah. first yeah. time round, wasn't he? So. Yeah, he was. If he didn't take the job last time, he's definitely not going to take it this time. Because if anything, it, it, it arguably got less attractive. And yeah. the whole squad rescinded last time. So. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Nando, um, last but not least, uh, any names that um, that you'd want to uh, come take over Sporting? Man, honestly, I don't have any care for who comes over, man. As long as it's somebody who's not a yes man and somebody who can take control of of the ship, ride the ship, and just kind of be very direct and very um, straightforward with what he needs um, to succeed at Sporting, um, to be very frank with the president. And... Um, Someone who hopefully has some form of track record um, in some club, some form of of historical success um, winning would, would be ideal. Um, you know, a lot of people joked around on Twitter about, you know, the Jose Mourinho's and the Arsene Wenger's and all these people that are obviously never going to come to Sporting. Um, <laughs> if we're cutting costs, man, <laughs> we'll, we'll probably like rent them out for like an hour a month for like – you know, scouting purposes and that's it. And maybe they'll consider us, but like we, we need somebody who unfortunately is just not going to come to Sporting because of the way the presidency is set in place and what they're looking for in a manager. Um, so I guess I'm, I'm, I'm mostly, you know, speaking out of like what my dream coach would be, man. But, I, but as long as they come in and they, they know what they want, they're okay with speaking their mind. They're okay with, with, with hopefully, taking on this hell of a challenge um, and they're willing and wanting to take on this challenge, not so much because of how much we'll pay and stuff like that and to pad their resume, then they're fine in my book, man. Because right now, honestly, I'm not optimistic at all. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, I am not either. Um, I'm just going to leave one image on the screen. Hopefully, Verandas, you're watching um, because I want two things to happen from this. One... If you can sound, oh no, what's going on? Oh man. Well, it was a Jose Mourinho picture. There it is. One, bring back these tracksuits because they're fucking gorgeous. And two, if since you're saving salaries and all of that shit, bring my boy home. Um, anyways, let me go into the Mudalidaj um, uh, before going into the. Uh, the uh, Twitter questions. So for the Trofeo Stomp and Stomp, I should say, in handball, uh, the, the men's team won 38-17 to 17 against Stubal. Um, and the seniors Campinata and Ball won. Uh, we beat Boa Ora 29-23. Um, in Atletismo, um, I cannot pronounce this guy's name, Abdelmelik. Uh, he got um, gold medal. Um, 
Let's see. Where's the uh, let's see the futsal. I know they they did. Um, I know the futsal team beats beat Benfica six two. Was that this weekend or was it last weekend? Now I can't remember. It was this weekend, right? Can you guys hear me? Yeah, I'm muted. Yeah, that was on Friday. The futsal. Was on Friday. Okay. okay. Yeah. Yeah. We beat uh, Benfica 6-2 on the Supertasa, which is a big win. Uh, the Sub-23, the under-23s, beat Family Count 5-1 this, this weekend uh, with Lionel Pont. So, I mean, there's some optimism there, but I, I agree with everything you guys just said. Not, uh, not really uh, looking forward to that or hope, hoping he stays. Uh, in futsal, uh, Sporting beat Betamar 9-0, São João 7-0. Um, and... Um, yeah, that's pretty much it. It's just still preseason and stuff. Um, and oh, uh, is it George Fonseca, if I'm not mistaken, the one that he he came back from uh, from brain surgery or a brain tumor or something like that? Yeah, from brain disease. Yeah, and it went on to win uh, a gold medal and do a fucking amazing dance uh, when he won that. So um, shout out to to uh, to George Fonseca, uh, great feat uh, to overcome. And yeah, that's pretty much. Um, modalidades in terms of um, things that, that we need to say. Um, the basketball team also did a nice little uh, preview today, which is getting me excited. Um, I don't know about you guys. But, uh, but yeah, and now uh, we'll move on to Twitter questions. Um, so, first question comes in from Joel Da Silva, uh, former guest, at Joel Leon underscore uh, 073. He asks, would you prefer Lionel Ponce to be the permanent coach? And if so, do you think uh, we can see more of our youth players play for us? So we, we went on, on the permanent coach aspect. But um, Krishna, I'll throw it off to you. Do you think uh, if he does stay, um, even if it's for a few weeks, do you think um, we'll see more youth players coming, coming through the ranks? Not necessarily. I think that there's going to be some pressure to play. Uh, the dead weight that we just took on, Balassi. Uh, Hesse until it's you know Diaby obvious that they're they're unplayable which means they have to consistently play for like a year um, and then maybe in like April once we're you know in fourth place and it's obvious that they're worthless and it's been obvious for months that he'll, he'll like put Kamashu in uh, but I don't necessarily think just because he's the U23 manager right now that he's gonna you know rely on those players more because you know once again he, he's in this position because Verandes feels comfortable with him, you know, kind of, you know, telling him what to do behind the scenes. So I, I don't really think that he's going to, you know, be willing to stray, especially since he probably wants to get the job full time. That's not really the time for, you know, creative thinking. Uh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, agreed. Um, even though, um, oh, what's his name now? I know his last name's Nunes. Uh, is it Mateusz Nunes? 21-year-old yeah. midfielder. He got, um, he got a place in the... Um, he, he was in Shkritu. How do I say that in English? He was... Uh, uh, registered. registered. There you go. Yeah, exactly. He was registered for the first team. So um, maybe we'll see him um, later on in the season. But um, He played at Estudio last season. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. And, he, and he's had quite a, quite a great season so far in, in the U23s right now. So um, maybe we'll see him later on, hopefully at least. Um, next question. David Claudio asks the same thing. Do you think Lionel Ponce should be our coach or just a temporary solution until we find a better one? Uh, so thank you, David. We sort of answered that already. And then also CR28 at Chris Renault 28 What is the best way for Sporting and fans going forward now? Um, so Nando, I'll pass that one off to you, dude. Um, what's the best way for...
for Spartan fans go for <laughs> um mine like <laughs> I, I, you know I'm in a very fucking like radical mode right now you know what I mean like for me right now, I'm saying like you ready like, for fuck, revolution, bro. Yeah, bro. Like, fuck <laughs> shit, bro. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not trying to cuss on you, but like, like destroy everything. Start from the bottom. You know, hit these fuckers where it hurts, which is their wallets, man. Make Spartan worth shit in the in the market. I could care less. They will quickly um, get their hell out of there, and and then we'll start um, young, fresh, and 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 rise from the ashes. It'll take a while, but it'll, it'll be fun and it'll be worth it. But reasonably thinking and stuff like that you know we can't be that radical um that's tough man like we need to fans need to learn how important it is to be vocal they need to learn how important it is to be consistent with their ideas and what they want not everyone's going to agree not everyone is going to be on the same page however if you guys go on my twitter or bruno's twitter um, and, and, and read or just watch the videos that just recently we uh, retweeted about some some older sporting generation, the guys who usually have the 20 or more votes, that's the concern. That's the scary, scary truth and reality of what sporting is and has been. It's that those people with that kind of power are going to continue to dictate our future going forward. And if we're not going to beat them, and the voting system, because obviously, unless they croak over and die, um, we're really shit out of luck. Um, then we need to start to be vocal. We got to stop going to the games, bro. We got to stop spending money on the team. Hey, man, listen, I can stream games online illegally all the time, and I'll watch my games from home. I mean, yeah, I'm in the U.S., but like, if I'm not giving them my money, and 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 I used to pay month in and month out for being associate, but I do not identify with this administration. I cannot justify giving them my money to help these guys do what they're doing. I just don't agree with it. I don't believe in it. I love my club more than anything, but it's so backwards. It's so scary. And as a, as a club, I'll say this, man, if you go on record, then you read um, all the people that came out today, Richardi, uh, Madeira Rodriguez, Otavio Machado, Fernando Menz, all these guys and some that always, always, always show up, like we said at the beginning of the podcast or even before the podcast started, when they smell blood in the water and they taste it, they come running out to take advantage of the situation. And as long as those people continue to get antenna time or sporting um, presidents of current or future don't put an end and a stop to that, then we'll just continue to be the exact same club year in, year out. It does not matter. We will win a title every once in a blue moon which happens to be every 18 or 19 years, and that will justify and keep the old fucks content and keep money in their pockets, and we change nothing. Yeah, agreed. This is a club full of uh, opportunists, dude. Um, all right, next question comes in from Casa de Paiva at mpaiva7. Um, he asks, what are your guys' overall thoughts on our deadline deals? Who in particular are you guys most looking forward to? Um, so more on the second question, because uh, we sort of went through the what we, what we thought about deadline day deals. But uh, Patrick, who are you most looking forward to seeing? Um, well, since I don't really have, um, I don't really have high hopes for Fernando. I think um, he looks a bit raw, and obviously having unim- having been unimpressive at Shakhtar, I'm not sure how many minutes he'll get here at Sporting. 
Um, you know, it's deadline day goes. It's in between Yessi and, and Bolassi, who, as I've said, are good players in, 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 in on paper. But you know, uh, their, their history as of late has been very um, m- more missed than hit. So um, you know, we don't have a great deal to choose from. I would lean more towards Bolassi because he's a player who I think. Um, is capable of getting the fans off their seat at his best. We haven't seen his best for years, but you know, on his day, he can do that. He's a very tricky player, um, and you know, I'd say someone who, he's someone who at his best um, will probably take you back to the days of like a Ricardo Quaresma doing all those fancy skills down um, the left flank, and he's a player who obviously possesses a great deal of pace and. Um, you know, if given the space and if he catches um, certain fullbacks one on one, I think he can uh, destabilise uh, a fair few teams. Um, but you know, it, it goes down to that thing again. Can, can we uh, rediscover his form again? Uh, I'm not too hopeful that we can, but if we if we can, I think he's the most exciting player that we've brought in. Yeah. Fair enough. And uh, last question goes from uh, to Bruno, or from Bruno, at BrunoSKO23. Um, yes, how confident do you guys feel with this administration? Is it time for France to step in to do something about what is happening? And, of course, our own, very own Nando stepped in. and, and uh, <laughs> uh, But he also mentioned, uh, I feel, what he, what he uh, feels about this administration uh, throughout this podcast, which I, I uh, echo the same sentiment. But, Patrick, I'll pass this one off to you. Um, how do you how do you specifically feel about this administration? And and do you think it's time for France to step up, or do you think we should still wait it out and still give Verendez uh, not a chance, but you know let him do his work? Um, I think they're right to vo- voice their concerns, um, uh, and I'm sure they will. Um, in fact, there was a small uh, group of fans that did uh, today outside of the lads. And I think they're right to because you know um, we're coming from an era um, under Bruno Carvalho, which with, with all the controversy that he did cause, putting that all to a side, you know, Sporting were very competitive, and uh, um, and before that we were the complete opposite, uh, and that's very much the direction we're going in again. Uh, it is not being competitive and making uh, bad decision after bad decision. I think that's what we're seeing right now. Um, at Sporting and uh, you know before it gets any worse I'm sure many fans will say you know hold on this is this is unacceptable and along w- with that as you say there's lots of people that are paying attention uh, people who are running uh, for pres- presidency last year I'm sure will also put pressure on Verandes the likes of Ricciardi the likes of Benedito um, uh, and so I think, yeah, it's a ten, it's, it could be a very tender moment for Verandes, um and, and for what he plans uh, or, and to, to bring to Sporting. I don't think he, he's as comfortable uh, as he would like to be. Um, but yeah, it, it, to revert back to the uh, general question, do I think fans are right to voice their concerns and, uh, and bring that um, sort of energy to the pitch? Yeah. Um, it can be diff- it can be a difficult environment for the team to to, to live with, but ultimately, um, 
it might be the only way out in terms of what's right or wrong uh, for the uh, team. Uh, I don't think Fernandez is leading the club in an exemplary manner. I think he's making the wrong choices. So, um, if any other fan feels that that's the case and he's taking the club uh, down the com- down a completely wrong route, then they have every right to to voice their concerns. Yeah, agreed. Um, next comment comes in from Depressed Lion at John No Lion. Um, he says, "I was there, <clears throat> and the players' attitude. They were probably already they probably already knew." Uh, some stuff that would happen this week, showing a picture of him at Avalad, well, or of his view at Avalad. Um, so thank you for your for your picture and comment, John, or João. Uh, we really appreciate it. Uh, and then the last comment comes in from uh, João Leão at the Portuguese SCP. He says, on a scale of 1 to 10, how fucked are we? <laughs> um, on a more serious note, what uh, should Sporting's plan be to move forward? Should we get a manager that youth as it seems Spartan has given up on giving the young players a chance on the first team um christian i'll give that last question off to you dude on a scale of one to ten how fucked uh, are we? seven <laughs> we're seven? Oh, that's not bad i was expecting higher <laughs> uh yeah i mean seven's pretty bad though yeah it is <laughs> it's pretty up there yeah um yeah so seven i'd say we're, at, we're about at seven uh we were probably at like a nine uh, in May of 2018, so uh, yeah, maybe maybe a seven and a half, but yeah, not good. And uh, what manager should we get a manager that believes in the youth? Yeah, I mean, I think that'd be great. Uh, you know, Rafinha's gone. I mean, the obvious replacement is Gonzalo Plata. Uh, you know, just give the kid a chance. But now I have a feeling that we're gonna have to deal with uh, Hesse. Um, you know, on the on that wing, and you know, obviously the the, the answer on the other side is either with Diaby gone, uh, is either you know Vieto or maybe Kamashu getting a chance. But now there's another um, you know on loan player that's just gonna you know take up some minutes, um, you know, get more of a benefit of the doubt type of his in terms of his like adaptation into the squad. So I mean, it's frustrating. There really isn't really a, an end in sight, I don't think, but. I would like to see some of the younger players get a chance uh, because we don't have anything to lose. And I think that sooner rather than later, Pedro Menza is going to get a chance just because there's literally no one else um, in the in the system. You know, you can try to play Vieto up there. You can try to play uh, Yannick um, Balassi up there. But, I mean, at the end of the day, none of them are strikers. And I think Pedro Menza might get his chance just because there's literally no one else. So, yeah. I mean, he's been banging in goals, so I'd love to see him. But did did Pedro Menz get registered? I was I was just about to ask that too. I don't think he did. Because uh, uh, I know that we, like a there was a way. I think for him there there needs to be because he's not uh, the same thing with um, with Noon. Since he came from Istoril, he's not a part of our academy. Yeah, so it's not like we can have him as like homegrown or whatever. Yeah, exactly. So I, I think he needed to be if he wanted to be a part of the senior squad. We'd have to wait until January again. Yeah, I would assume so. If um if he wasn't re- um registered, but I don't think he was. Well, Viviana was registered. Out of nowhere, he's not gonna play. Obviously. Yeah, definitely not. Definitely. What a trooper! <laughs> yeah, for real. I'm surprised his contract wasn't rescinded. I thought for sure they would uh get rid of him for free. He's he's probably uh um, they're probably. Gone to him and offered it 
to, to let him go, but he's probably been uh, a bit of a, a, a yeah, a bit of a problem, a bit of a headache for him because obviously, um, the, 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 for what they did last year, they sent him out straight away, didn't they? So. Yeah. Well, they sent him out in January. He just sat on his ass for six months first. True. Yeah. Did we pay for him, or did he come on a free? We paid for him, we right? We paid for him. And yeah, he still did. makes, like, a mil and a half a year. We're still paying him. Yeah, he's, he's, on, a, he's on a healthy contract. Yeah. That's, uh... Yeah, that's crazy. That's crazy, because there was murmurs of, like, Torino and Spall and some other... Fiorentina and stuff, too. They wanted him. Yeah, the interest um, is there. I mean, I'm sure... I'm, well, I don't. I don't really think we're very good um, negotiators and, and sellers of our assets. Because I mean, I think I any other club in 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 Portugal manages to sell Bruno Fernandes for solid money, uh, apart from us. Yeah. Yeah, I would. I would agree, and and I don't think any other club in Portugal would have this many. Um, free transfers like leaving the club well, you, don't, you don't see that literally anywhere no anywhere nowhere no club does that nowhere other countries no club does that it's, yeah. it's bizarre and and that's including like the year division and like leagues like yeah. our level or below man like this this transfer this transfer has been insane for all the wrong reasons but uh but anyways, guys, um, I would say let's try to do a preview of the Boa Vista game, but I have no idea what our what our squad's going to look like in two weeks. Um, so unless you guys want to have a, have, a, have a quick snatch at it, um, any any previews or predictions of uh, Boa Vista Sporting before we head on out? Uh, Patrick, I'll start with you. It's an away one, isn't it? Yeah, it's away at the best. It's a good squad. Typically. Yeah. Typically they're ahead the of us. Best, uh, yeah, they're, f- they're fourth, aren't they're they? fourth, yeah. Yeah, typically we don't do too well the best, if I'm not mistaken, I don't, I don't really have many fond memories of going there, at least. Um, so it could be a tricky one for for, for the first uh, game for the new manager, whoever it may be. I'm assuming it'll be Lionel Punch for the time being. Um, I'm going to go with a 1-1 draw. Fair enough. Christian, how about you, dude? Uh... I, I don't even know what the lineup would look like. Yeah, um, not, a, not a clue. Kawat's is suspended. I'm guessing Neto steps in, but I don't know who plays right back. Uh, maybe it's a back three. I have no idea. Could no be Kamashu. Could be Kamashu, yeah. Could, could be Lottie. <laughs> could be Lottie. Could be Could be Rostovsky. <laughs> yeah, I don't even... I can't tell you who plays that whole right flank. The right back and right wing. I have no could idea. Could be Hesse. I think it's gonna. I think I think both of them will start on the wing, Philippe up top, Balassi on the left, uh, and maybe Balassi doesn't start because of Vieto, um, but it's possible. I think that at least one of them starts. Maybe Hesse starts on the right. Yeah, should be a baptism of fire against Bovista. Yeah, two-one uh, Bovista. Two-one Bovista, Nando. Um. Oh god, we're not gonna win. Um, damn, a tie. Yeah, I'll agree with Patrick. One one. Yeah. Um, I just can't. I honestly, you how you know we can't be pot. How can you be optimistic, right? We were pretty optimistic like, just one short week ago. God, I, I, but, see, but like, I don't even know I who like, truly got optimistic. Guys. I think we were all just like like scared. 
you know what I mean? Like just kind of like always very like full of reservation and hopes that like this is not a joke. And then we always get hit back to reality. I'm gonna say a tie, man. Yeah, I'll, I'll be the I'll be the optimistic one. I'll say uh, I'll say we we snatch a one nothing win or something and paper over the cracks. Um, and that everything is golden again. Exactly, and then the Fernandez. Uh, that's even worse. Say. Else. I hate that. <laughs> God, that's yeah. so... you live it you live and die by week by week in this league so frustrating yeah 100 percent. anyways guys thanks for joining me on another great podcast i know we were trying to do a a bit shorter of a, of a of an episode but it was impossible with everything that went on in the last few days to to do a short podcast so i hope everybody listening at home enjoys it um thank you again guys for joining us thank you everybody that uh that uh, left in their messages and comments and, t- and tweets on Twitter. Uh, follow us on Twitter at Sparting160 underscore EN. Follow us on Instagram at Sparting160 EN. And of course, you're on YouTube and SoundCloud at Sparting160 EN. Thank you guys. Hopefully, by next podcast, we'll still have a Sparting to talk about and we're not in, in complete flames. And um, yeah, viva Sparting. <laughs>